Welcome to another David McCracken Ministries podcast. We hope this message inspires and encourages you. Whose lives have been significantly marked by one moment. You've seen, it could be a, a wonderful moment. It, it could be a very difficult moment. But from that moment, something happened, something shifted, their lives changed. Could be the beautiful birth of a child, everything changed. Conversely, it could be the the death of the most loved, treasured person in their life, and everything changed. One moment can change a life. It could be the getting of a dream job and everything from that point on shifted. It could be the losing not only of a job, but everything you own. Everything changed. From that moment on, their outlook on life changed. How they lived changed. What they spent their time on changed. What was important changed. The things that they treasured now are like sand or chalk in the mouth. Like everything, it just doesn't matter anymore or Everything matters now. Depends on what that defining, marking moment was. How they view, how they treat people changed. Changed. Even their relationship with God changed in that moment. Some people step back completely. Never to talk to God or darken the door of a church again. It changed. One moment. Other people cannot get enough of God now. That 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 marking took place through one moment. Through one moment. They were marked. The word marked means distinguished by a particular feature. Clearly noticeable. You can notice it. You can, like, you know, those things that someone walks into the room and there's something about them and <laughs> I'm getting a funny picture. Maybe that's because God just wants a little bit of fun in the sink. You know when someone's got a a noticeable mark or something on their face that you notice that you can't take your eyes off? God wants you to be touched and marked in a noticeable way that there's something that about that person. Jesus, man, he was clearly noticeable. Love him, like him, hate him. You, you, you noticed him. He was marked by heaven. He he was he was his particular feature was <laughs> God. God made flesh. God dwelling amongst us. Think about Jacob. <laughs> One moment wrestling with God. God touched him and marked him. His whole walk changed. From that point on, he walked with a, he walked differently. He had a daily reminder. I got marked. 
Do you know that sometimes you're marking by God? <laughs> it won't always look like what you necessarily want. Come on, God. You marked me with a limp. Couldn't you mark me with like, you know, the Elijah outrunning the chariot? You want to get marked by God? You don't choose the marking. Two thousand years ago, there was a terrorist named Saul, whose fervent pursuit was to destroy the Church of Jesus Christ. But one day, everyone say one day, on the road to Damascus, he was marked by the glory of God. He had an encounter with the glorified, resurrected Christ, and he was literally blinded by the light of God's glory. And from that moment on, everything changed. It wasn't always easy. In fact, persecution was his regular companion. But so too was the supernatural, miraculous, life-giving power of the Holy Spirit in him and through him. And under divine influence, he wrote large portions of the New Testament, truth that still empowers you and me, us today in our walk with the Father. The terrorist Saul was radically transformed into the Apostle Paul in one moment, everyone say one moment, of encountering the glory of the Lord. He saw the resurrected Christ. Tonight I want to talk for a little bit before we go deeper. I'm being marked by the glory of God. Being marked, being marked, a distinguishing clarity on your life that clearly they said it in Acts 4.13 when they saw these apostles doing incredible, miraculous things, speaking with such power and authority, but they knew that they were unschooled, ordinary people, the Bible says. They had came to one conclusion. Clearly, they must have been with Jesus. They've been marked by Jesus himself hmm. I want to declare there's more for you Numa Church come on Perth South Perth West Perth East Perth Far North Far South Central anyone else got anywhere praise God I reckon we're about to burst seven churches. There's more <laughs> for you. <laughs> Habakkuk 2.14. I am doing my best to preach right now. You better get a, getting something from this. Habakkuk 2. <laughs> Stop it. Habakkuk <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever preached through these circumstances, brother? It's like walking through a blizzard. Woo! Habakkuk 2.14. <laughs> I 
Stop it. Hello. This is great. Gives me a chance to compose myself. <laughs> Not if I lay my hands on you again, you ain't. Habakkuk 2.14. Give it to him, Lord. Habakkuk 2.14. <laughs> Such a well-known scripture. Push through, boy. Push through. For the <laughs> Habakkuk two fourteen. Any time now. For <laughs> the earth, I got this. For the earth will be filled. I'll this way, less distractions. With the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters. Oh, come on now. Come on now. I, I feel a preach coming on. For the earth will be filled. Come on, not just one person, not just two people, not just front row. The earth. Literally the firmament, literally the earth, literally how, how, what do we, not just, not just a little, as the waters cover the sea, talking about the flood at Noah's time, the waters cover the sea. So the point was everything was covered. Not one person, not one animal, not one tree, come on. Oh, not one mountain was untouched. God says, this is what I'm going to do for the earth will be filled. I want to tell you, God's not a God of partial or half measures. He's a God of fullness. He came full of grace and full of truth. He said about you and me, about the church, for the, the church is the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. That's what we're invited into. For the earth will be filled. And that word in the Hebrew literally means to be filled. Sorry, to be full. I said it like a Kiwi then. To be full or to be filled up. <clears throat> God says, I want the earth to be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. I want to tell you right now it ain't. Right now it ain't. The church ain't, let alone the world. And he says, I want you to be filled. And that means literally to be full. And if you're not, be filled up. Be filled up. Some people might say, I've already received the Holy Ghost. Are you filled to the full measure of the, are you exactly like Jesus? If not, you need some more. You need some more. You need some more. The earth will be filled. Either you're full or you need to be filled up. There's a word for me. There's a word for you right now. You're either full or you need to be filled up. With what? Not the knowledge of the world. One of the great curses of our day is a pursuit of knowledge in the world and in the church. I want to know, I want to understand, what are they doing, what are they doing, what do they believe, what's this church doing, what's that person, come on, online, like that's the fountain of wisdom and knowledge. Put instead a bit of myself. For the earth will be filled with the knowledge, but here's the deal. The word knowledge in the Hebrew is not that you were taught something. It literally means to know, to be 
to ascertain, to be certain of by seeing. That's what knowledge is. For the earth will be either full of or it'll be filled up with knowing, knowing, knowing you're certain because of seeing, not the Lord, the glory of the Lord, the glory of the Lord. A lot of people have seen the Lord, but not the glory. What's the glory, Steve? It's the weight. It's the splendor. It's the majesty. It's the, I am undone. I have no words. I am no longer flippant or casual or careless. But I am full of or I am being filled up with knowing, knowing to the point you can't change my mind or shake my convictions. You throw me in prison, I'm still believing it. Come on. You, you beat me, I'm still believing it. Like many throughout history and still today, you take my life and I'll go down saying, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the power of God. But I'm filled with the knowledge, knowing by seeing the weightiness. Like Isaiah and Isaiah 6, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. Oh, John on the island of Patmos in Revelation chapter 1, I saw the Lord. I was in the spirit and I saw the Lord. That's what you and I need to be marked by. God gave me three statements. Can I have some water? Hey. How many enjoying church as much as I am tonight? Praise God. See, you either got to be full or filled up. Bastards are so just not clean. Whew. Sometimes your glasses are fine. They just need to be wiped clean. I don't need to get some new ones. I just need to clean these ones. Some of you just think you need something clean, uh, something new. Maybe you just need what you've got to be cleaned up a bit. This is the part of the inviting us that Jason doesn't like. <clears throat> Habakkuk for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. God wants to mark us by the glory of God. Anyone with me right now deep in the spirit? Three statements. The first one the Lord said is don't let your contentment levels be too low. Don't let your contentment. I'm okay with this. I'm okay with don't let your contentment levels be too low. Low. We're going to go to the book of Exodus, chapter 33, verse 15 to 18. The Holy Ghost is just talking to me right now saying I'm about to push it deeper. Let me read a statement to you that I've got later on, but I just the Holy Ghost is talking to me so clearly I've got to tell you this right now. Here's what the world says to you. Give yourself permission to go deep with God. Every person, look at me. Give yourself right now permission to go deep. Give yourself permission. Some of you are so much like, this is all weird. This is all strange. This is all out there. This is not what I'm used to. Give yourself permission to go deep with God. Give yourself permission. And this ties into what I'm saying. Don't let your contentment levels be too low. If you're content just to be saved and like nothing's changed or happens, your contentment levels are far too low. If you've seen God move, but he's not moving now, now don't be content with that. 
don't let your contentment levels be too low. Exodus 33, 15. This is about Moses and he's talking with God. It says that Moses said to him, talking about, said to God, he's having a conversation. If your presence, everyone say God's presence. If your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How many people think that's a really good prayer? Come on, church. How about God? God, if your presence doesn't go with me tomorrow morning to work, don't send me in. Come on. If your presence doesn't go with me to that family reunion, God, don't send me in. If your presence doesn't go with me to church on Sunday morning, come on, pastors, it's a good thing to pray. I ain't going in with those people. If your presence doesn't, you think this is the pinnacle. This is, how can you get bigger than this? I want you to go with me here. If your presence doesn't go with me, don't send me up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? This is deep. This is deep. This is deep. The next line. What else will distinguish? What else will mark us? What else will make us recognizable as the people of God from all the other people on the face of the earth unless your presence is not with us? And the Lord said, everyone say, and the Lord said, and the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked. Is this awesome or is this awesome? I will do the very thing that you have asked because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. I know the fullness of who you are. Your heart is for me. You've asked my presence to always go with you. And I'm telling you right now, Moses, I will do what you have asked for. God is called Emmanuel, God with us. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Every person in this room, you're born again. The spirit of God will say to you, I'll do the very thing you ask. I'll always be with you. I'll always be with you. How good is that? But the Lord says, the statement I'm talking into is don't let your contentment be too low. Because I tell you right now, for most of us, if we had that, we'd be satisfied and content. Moses has just been promised, my presence will go with you. But verse 18, then Moses said, that's great. But would you show me your glory? Too many of us whew, are content to have God present, but we're not yearning, crying out for God, show me your glory. If I'm saved. You're going to be with me tomorrow? Wonderful. No, 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 no. Show me the full weight. Some of you have seen the measure of the weightiness of God tonight in this room, even beyond your understanding that you might not have seen. God says, oh, that's just a, that's a, that's a drop in the ocean. Come on, I'm the God who created everything from nothing with a spoken word. I'm the God who made the sun stand still in the sky, and yet everything kept on going in order with nothing going into chaos. I'm the God who raised the dead, parted the seas. Let's not be content with little things we saw yesterday. Numa Church. God wants to mark you, mark you, mark me, mark this church by the glory of God, not just by the presence going with you. 
God says, I'll do that. But there's a very few people that move past contentment with God's presence going with us and move into now, show me your glory. Show me. Glory literally means weights, splendor. The second thing God said to me is don't rob others of an encounter with God because of your complacency. Don't rob others of an encounter with God, not a sermon about God, not a dictation about God, God forbid, not a lecture about God, but don't rob people of an encounter with God because of your complacency. In Exodus 34, verse 29, it says when Moses, this is the next chapter, chapter 33, he cried out, show me your glory. God started to do that. And it says here in verse 29 of Exodus 34, when Moses came down Mount Sinai, stop. My wife has been talking about this recently. It takes effort to go up and down a mountain. We want God just to do it. 